and welcome to this week's episode of Please Watch This, a film podcast where two film-loving mates with gaps in their viewing history recommend films to another so they can once and for all see who has better taste. Obviously, I have the better taste because I'm Hugh Dempsey, but joining me to discuss the points of my taste is Sam Blakely. Hello, Sam. Hello, Hugh, Hugh, Hugh. How have you been, my friend? Yes, I am good. No, I see you're not arguing that you have the better taste this week, so that's good. That discussion's finally settled, so we can end the podcast now. Time will tell. By the episode that is the last one, we'll have finally figured it out. It's a a long arc. (laughs) Yeah, stay tuned, listener. Stay tuned. (laughs) Hold um, on, hold fire. Yes, it's a developing storyline. Um, yeah, maybe one of us will fall down a lift shaft or something at some point. <laughs> By default, <laughs> fall into a coma and then. But wake then at up the funeral, the other one later. would have to be just the funeral. The funeral, the other one would have to be perfectly nice about them and therefore admit that the deceased had. The oh taste. right, so so and that was the real quiz. So it's whoever dies first, yeah. right well I mean I can arrange that (laughs) or if the one who lives the longest doesn't that mean that their their tastes have outlasted the others so therefore they have the better taste alright I'll race you to that yeah okay good again it can be arranged (laughs) Um, how are you Sam anyway you alright yeah not bad Uh, you know listeners to this uh Completely audio, audio, auditory, oral uh, feature will be excited to know I've shaved off all my facial hair. Oh yeah, you haven't uh, even realised. Major development. <laughs> the, the picture quality is so bad that you can't even. It's not that. <laughs> you can't I just, be sure. Do you know what? I didn't, even, I didn't even notice. <laughs> I'm such a terrible it's the drunk friend. Watch I'm just used to seeing you like that without facial. I mean, yeah. you spent so many years not having any form of facial hair that. When exactly. you don't and have was that it. brief time when I was about six or seven, and then other than that, you know, it's been thirty years of. Uh, <laughs> you were six or seven. I, I didn't really. She <laughs> so, yeah, at that time and had a beard <laughs> just before you met me. You're like, I'm yeah. to shave the beard off now, being a small it. child. It freaks I people think out. Subconsciously, it was you know the lockdown is easing, therefore yeah. my lockdown facial hair is is coming off. Yeah, uh, and that's fine with me. I don't know. Uh, my hair's my beard has grown in a bit, but that's more just because I couldn't be out shaving. Again, it's a wonderful visual feature that we've we've introduced yes. each week. Beard yes. watch, talking about Tash, beards. Tash watch, yeah. yeah, yeah. Tash talk, Tash talk. How about yourself, you? Have you had a that's, that's a great name for a podcast, by the way. Tash talk, <laughs> hard hitting facial yeah. hairs yeah. talk. Or it could be a Tash politics talk. show about men with mustaches. <laughs> you know, so it could be like, who's a famous politician with a mustache? I see Gosh, they don't, I don't people don't have mustaches in politics no, really anymore Mussolini and Stalin and Hitler themselves. yeah they ruined it didn't they yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no one's calling their kid Adolf anymore I don't they? think it's it's Mussolini not. didn't have a moustache no he didn't I was just it's, lumping him in with the other moustache yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah that's no, no saying we'll go with Hussein Saddam Hussein there you go there's three there we go. Yes, Saddam Hussein did have a moustache, right? Yeah. <laughs> Which leads us nicely into this week's film, of course. Because Saddam Hussein, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> little cameo, little cameo. I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't lead nicely into this week's film at all. That was terrible, terrible uh, link there. So I'm th- I expect better from you. Seamless. But no. So, but we'll transition into this week's film. Um, so, as if you were listening last week, uh, this week's film is the 1999 Tim Allen film Galaxy Quest, uh, starring Tim Allen, Sigourney Weaver. It's a Tim Allen film. Well, his uh, his co-stars will be happy about that. That's yeah. very. Uh, 
I think of it as a Tim Allen film. That's very much... Oh, God, what's the commander called? Taggart? Oh, uh, yeah, Taggart. What's his first name? Peter yeah. Quint- is it Peter Quincy? Right. Or something like that? Something like that, yeah. That's very Commander Taggart of him. Yeah. To say this is a Tim Allen film. But anyway, yeah, you're right. I th- well, I do, well, yeah, I suppose I think of it as a Tim Allen film. But it is an ensemble. It is an ensemble piece, really, more, isn't it? Because it's got, as I said, Sigourney Weave, Alan Rickman, Sam Rockwell, Tony Shalhoub in it. Um, Daryl Mitchell who plays uh, Tommy Webber um, yeah uh, it's got a few other actors Justin Long a young Justin Long's in it yeah yeah uh, that's quite interesting but it's basically this would you, would you like to know what this film is about give us a synopsis or in fact, in fact just before we do synopsis I asked you last week but because you know not everyone listens week to week at all, at all times um what was uh, what 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 was what do you know about this film or what did you know about this film before going into so the things that I knew that I think I said last week was yeah Tim Allen's in it I thought it was a sci-fi spoof and Sigourney Weaver looks brilliant in it and I think I knew Alan Rickman was in it but I didn't know much else Alan Rickman this is your this is you, Alan Rickman, calling you. I played Richard the <laughs> Third. Yeah, <laughs> show must go on. Um, yeah, so yeah, that's yeah, basically yeah, it's like um, it's basically a Star Trek pastiche or spoof. Not so much a spoof, more a more a pastiche, I would say. Well, and it and it is and it isn't because it's not just you know the opening scene is their Star Trek spoof, but then it then it's more meta than that, isn't it? So yeah. if you want to give us the, the proper... It's actually, there's more of a story than that, isn't there, rather than just being yeah, a Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, but I think that's important that you know that going in when you watch it because it's, yeah. uh, you know, it's kind of... It's um, a satire on the world of sort of these these sort of trekkie conventions. And you and, know. and new listeners won't know that I really didn't get on board with Spaceballs. Yes. Um, you know, in a way that was, I think, hopefully balanced, where I said, basically, I would have liked this at the time or if I was younger and mm-hmm. hadn't seen a lot of these films. Um, so, yeah, if you want to give us a, a, a synopsis, listener, we are spoilerific, so if you haven't seen Galaxy Quest, it's on Netflix in the UK now, so mm. maybe go watch it and then come back and listen. Indeed. So, basically, what it is, it's uh, you've got this group of actors who all used to be on this TV show called Galaxy Quest. Uh, Tim Allen plays the, the captain of this ship uh, called the Protector. Um, and, essentially, he's the sort of William Shatner kind of big ego character who, who still kind of loves the fans and, you know, plays up to the role. But all the other actors are all very jaded and... You know, cynical about it. You know, especially Alan Rickman's character, who, you know, says he uh, played Richard the Third and had five curtain calls, and you know, but he's he's easily manipulated by Tim Allen because he can just say the lines. The show must go on, and he'll say the lines <laughs> that he always says in the show, and you know, even though he he declares he'll never say them again, and yeah, that's always that's quite funny actually. I quite like he's you know he's always he's the very. Um, Amdram of the group, you know, he's a dramatic guy. Well, no, uh, he's a proper thesp, isn't he? He's yeah, that's it. Yeah, he's you the... know, he's a proper thesp. Yeah, and then you've got like Sigourney he's, he's above it, isn't he? Yeah, and Sigourney Weaver just plays the eye candy essentially, who repeated what the computer always said. <laughs> Which, presented it. You know, who said she had six paragraphs in um, in, a, in a magazine, and it was about her boobs. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, and then you've got Sam Rockwell, who plays like a guy who was in a, in an episode once and died, and he's you know he's basically got 
throughout this film there's like existential angst about dying because he's the uh, supporting cast member you know to show that the, he's the one he, who's going to die to show how serious it all is yeah to show how serious the situation is and essentially what happens is a race of super intelligent intergalactic aliens uh, called the Thermians think they get they get these transmissions of these shows but they're a kind of a they're an innocent kind of race who don't sort of have deception or they don't have the concept of acting and television and theatre. So they think these are historical documents and they think that these ships are... Sorry, these um, TV shows are real documents of what happened and think that uh, that Tim Allen and co are all real space explorers, astronauts, and they come to Tim Allen and basically ask for his help against a... You know, a eagle, evil alien, bug-like creature sort of character who are determined to destroy the Thermians and all this sort of thing. And um, he doesn't. And the joke is, he doesn't quite realise at first that they're they're aliens. He thinks he's just doing like a um, like a fan-made film. You know, that often happens with Star Trek. Um, that he's doing a fan-made film and he's like, you know, he's on this ship because um, he thought, you know, the, the irony is he's got a hangover and he falls asleep while being taken to like the spot where they're going to transport the ship, uh, the car that they're in and he wakes up on the ship and he's like, oh, it's usually plywood and wow, this is really good and it's only when he's going back to Earth that he's on this like, he's in like a transport hub and like these big blast doors open and he gets fired through a black hole and he's like, oh my God, it's real. And then he's trying to convince the rest of them to come help him and all this sort of stuff. And it's, um, yeah, like the, 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 the crux of the tension in this film rests between that they don't understand that they're just actors and their unwillingness to almost tell them that they're actors because they're like, because Tim Allen's character is like, oh, this is an adventure. You know, you could go back to signing autographs or you could come do this and they kind of they kind of buy into it but then obviously when things become about life and death they sort of you know they they sort of stop wanting to be included and want to run away as fast as they can you know I think at one point Alan Rickman goes I'm going to go see if there's a pub on <laughs> <You know? laughs> the ship like um, yeah and yeah like I said hijinks ensues you know they they get through a couple of scrapes they go through a minefield they have to go to a planet to get some to do you know it's like a, it's a very sci-fi stuff where they have to you know collect a thing to fix a thing and you know then a big rock monster turns up um, and then they fight the baddie at the end and it's yeah it's it, I was watching uh, sorry I was reading the trivia on the IMDB and it said that uh, I think it was like 2013 or something. This got voted like at the time like the seventh best Star Trek film. <laughs> is how like <laughs> how much it's loved kind of by Star Trek people. Because the one thing you can't really do with Star Trek, or especially or with the live action stuff, is you can't really do a parody or a, a satire inside the Star Trek universe. You can make comedy, but it can't be satire. It can be, it can be subtle. It can be a homage. And uh, last year there was a TV show, a cartoon called Lower Decks, which if you like Star Trek and you haven't seen it, I would recommend it because it's a beautiful, like, erstwhile sort of, you know, it's set in the Star Trek universe, but they're, you know, it's a sitcom, so it's a bit like, you know. Th- you know, like hijinks, you know, sort of like this, you know, funny things happen to the characters, but, you know, that that love for its source materials there where 
something like this can parody it a bit more because they're removed from the IP that they're actually satirising and they're removed from having to be nice, essentially, to those people. You know, this can take a swing at William Shatner's relationship with, say, um, Leonard Nimoy, you know, and how Shatner would steal, you know, lines and change, ask for the scenes to be changed. So he was the more prominent person. and You know, he was a bit of an egomaniac. And yeah, they, they... Although I don't think Tim Allen's character's as egomaniacal as um, as Shatner's portrayed to be. And I think that there's a bit more heart to this character. And, you know, he doesn't really do... He doesn't... Re- other than, like, convince them to come on the, the galaxy quest, he doesn't really do anything to, like, upset them, if that makes sense. Like, he's a bit late at the beginning and they're all complaining. And then he's late the next day to something because he's on board this spaceship but he's not like <laughs> he's not like saying to Alan Rickman's character oh give it here and I'll do it because I'm the captain the only kind of real tension you get is when he's making the plan on the rock monster planet and and Alan Rickman calls him out and goes you're, you're wearing a you know you're wearing a costume you're no more qualified to lead us than anybody than this guy here you know he's pointing at guy and you know he's like no offense <laughs> but he can't. so yeah so there's a there is that tension but i don't think it's quite it's hinted at rather than shown i think from what i from watch because i watched it not a few hours ago but you know that the real sort of target is william shatner quite frankly <laughs> yeah what sort of a relationship did you have with this film? Is it one that you grew up with and, and you're a massive fan of, or is it just one you quite liked and you thought, yeah, we might as well give that a go? Because I think I was the one who suggested adding it yeah, to my list. I saw that did, I hadn't yeah. seen it and so on. I didn't know you hadn't seen it, to be fair. But, mm. I mean, I liked it. I saw it a few times as a kid. When I, well, I say kid, as a teenager. It used to be on, um, like, um, like, Sky Movies quite regularly. So there was, like, each... Mm. You know, Sky Movies, their whole thing back in the early 2000s is they would play maybe like 30 films on loop for a few months. So you'd end up seeing the same couple of films a few times in like a three or four month period. So I must have watched it like three or four times. Like, It's one of those films that's like, it's a great film to have on the back, on in the background when you're doing other stuff because you can just come in and go, oh yeah, this bit. <laughs> and then you can go off and, I don't know, do some housework or something, you know, quickly. Or you can, you don't, you can leave it playing. It's like, it's got that sort of um, quality to it that I quite like. And, you know, it's, it's a good, solid, you know, what, what I like about it, it's a good, it's it's a funny film. It is genuinely funny. If it wasn't funny, I don't think it'd be that good. It'd be a good, it'd be a good satire and pastiche of the source material, but I don't think it'd be a good film if that makes sense. You wouldn't enjoy it. Um, it's you know, it's got a good concept for a film because it is it is quite funny that you know you've got these actors running around actually doing what they were pretending to do for so many seasons on a TV show. Well, for at least, you know, for at least 81 episodes, you know. Um, that reminds me, actually, have you seen JCVD? No, I've seen bits of it. I've seen bits of it. I think I've seen... Because that's the that's the concept there, you know, it's Jean-Claude playing himself, but, you know, he's, he's kind of washed up and he's appearing in these awful low-rent straight-to-VHS kind of films. And then he goes to the bank, I think, or the post office, and it's then 
been robbed. And so it's kind of like he's in a scenario that you'd find Jean-Claude Van Damme in, in a film. Yeah. But is he going to just roundhouse the guy on the right and then massive kick to the... Like, is he going to do that or is he not, basically? And it gets a bit deeper than that and it is generally about him and there's, there's great bits. I need to re-watch it to make sure it wasn't shit, but I really liked it at the time. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it just kind of set up that if Jean-Claude Van Damme, who's got actually got those muscles and that flexibility, yeah. if he was in actually a situation where he's a hostage, would he actually... Yeah. acting the way that he's A man who can actually do the splits on top of like articulated <laughs> lorries, lorries. <laughs> yeah. yeah and it not be a camera <laughs> trick yeah and, you know he could have gone faster sort of thing um, yeah what else do I like uh, yeah no it's a great ensemble piece you know it is funny it's got good special effects for the time you know it's it had 90 CGI which can be hit and miss sometimes um it came uh, out the same year as Phantom Menace, uh, just yes. to give a comparison. <laughs> it did. Although I think the Phantom Menace, a lot of the CGI holds Don't up. Don't say it that. holds up. Don't say it holds up. Some of it does. Some of it does. It's the 99% that doesn't. It's, uh, the <laughs> um, but yeah, I just thought you'd... You, reckon, you, was, you were the one who suggested you hadn't seen it. I thought you'd appreciate the comedy, the um, you know good actors acting in funny films is sometimes can be a hit you know no doubt uh, so yeah that's what I liked what you might not like you, I don't know I didn't really have much for this usually I've always got some keen criticisms but I think this film pretty much nails what it sets out to do therefore the only criticisms of it might be procedural plot hole criticisms or you might have not found it very funny you know that's always the key isn't it did you laugh you might not have found it funny you might have gone oh I think I find this amusing but I didn't laugh out loud you know that kind of way um, do you think I mean just based on the fact that I really didn't like Spaceballs is it in that realm or is this a completely different film no because it's a different film isn't it it's it's first of all it's a proper like narrative isn't it I would argue it's also the jokes aren't aren't they're not based on you, a wink and a nod to you knowing like a scene from a film you know like in Spaceballs where like the alien comes out bursts out of the guy's chest in Spaceballs he bursts out of his chest and does a and does a jazz number or something doesn't he mm. a Broadway number and that's funny because it's like it subverts your expectation there where this is more this is more like straight comedy but like you know, there are little funny... Like, there's little funny lines in it when um, they escape from the uh, the two guards and the door comes down to eject them out of space. And the guy who plays the engineer on the show, who's been drafted in to play the... En- who's drafted in to be the engineer now on the ship, he's like, oh, did you see the door stick a little there? He's like, I'll get some of my guys down here and get some WD-40 in it. It's like... <laughs> he's like... His brain... Because he's that kind of guy. He's, his brain is thinking about the door not shutting properly rather than, <laughs> you know, him being terrified because they all nearly died. So, yeah, there's actual... Like, there's a bit of... There's a lot of... There's quite a lot of visual humour in this, I thought, which is quite funny. Uh, but sometimes that can work against a film. But in this film, I think it worked quite well. Um, especially the scene when he transports the like the alien dog thing, and then it turns it inside out, and it explodes, and it just they all duck, and the and the alien, the Thermians, just stood there, and he just gets splattered. And it's you know yeah. simple jokes like that, but that's sort of stuff that I think you would have found it funny and like. 
you know, when Tim Allen, I think he quotes the lot, I can't, I can't remember what's the quote from the show that he always does. Um, well, never surrender. Yeah, never give up, never surrender. And they all tell him to shut up. <laughs> when they're rolling the um, beryllium core or whatever sphere mm. into the ship. So, yeah, it's just like, oh, you still managed to get your shirt off. You know, Alan Rickman's still like bitter or, uh, yeah, there's just like little bits of little gags I think you would have enjoyed. But you might not found it funny. That's the only. That's the only worry I have is that you might not found it funny. But let's find out. Yeah, I think we should have a break and then find out if you've enjoyed this film or not. What do you say? You do. You say yes. Okay. He didn't say yes. Oh, sorry. And I think. I think. I think it cut out a little bit. I thought you were. That was it. <laughs> for oh, the right, break. Okay. Let, no. Let's find out if I like the film or not. And then you said something else, and yeah. uh, I was ready to. Yeah, so now we've cleared that up, we're going to have a break, so we'll find out if Sam liked this film after the break. Hello now, and welcome back to Please Watch This Part 2, the second part, the, you know, part harder. Um, so, uh, we're going to do now what Sam, basically, what Sam liked and didn't like about uh, 1999's Galaxy Quest. And Galaxy Quest? I don't think I've Quest. mentioned the director, directed by uh, Dean Parisot. I think that's how you pronounce that, because he's got a T on the oh, end. Parisot, Parisot, if you've heard yeah, believe. Yeah. Um, and it's written uh, by David Howard and Robert Gordon, just just while we're at the edge yeah, to mention that. It is. So yeah, Sam, tell me what you liked about it. Go on then, we'll keep... I, uh, to surprise you, I really like this film, Hugh. I'm not surprised. I'm glad you liked I'm not it. Not surprised. I, Because I, I thought you'd think I thought this was going to be a bit naff. But um, my anticipation was very low. I did think, well, how how good can this film be? To, to, to sort of like already rush to what I didn't like to kind of live out your worst fears I didn't actually really laugh at it but actually the main benefit is that that didn't matter very much you know I didn't find it raucously funny but I just enjoyed its company yeah. a lot and I enjoyed watching it while I watched it but I've just grown to love it since watching it and thinking about it Yeah, and it's be- it is because of many reasons you, you know me I love Red Dwarf so I love kind of I do love sci-fi high concept, uh, high concept, especially when it's knowing, you know, when it knows what it when is. When it knows you it's know. meta. I mean, the fact that yeah. Sam Rockwell's character is literally called Guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. And he's talking about, you know, am I, what am I, am I just the, the guy that's killed off early yeah. on? And they talk about, well, maybe you're just the quirky comic relief and all when this. He, when he freaks and I, out I, in you the know, he does, yeah, understandably. And there's a so there's a bit in Red Dwarf where Crichton uh, starts feeling emotions. This robot and Lister says, "Oh, don't give me that. It's too early for that Star Trek crap." <laughs> you know, it's a it's a show that does that. And I just I just found this great kinship with this with this show with this film. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so, it's like to to kind of itemize what I really liked about it, like you say, it is a genuinely good story. I think it's mm-hmm. a, I think it's a good film besides the jokes, actually. Um, so, whereas Space Wars was just here's a here's a bunch of sketches based on observations we've made about this genre, yeah. that are sort of punching down a little bit. Yeah. I find this to be absolutely in love with its source material. Yeah. We talked at the time of the Space Balls that a good a good spoof is one that loves the genre. And I don't think Mel Brooks loves sci-fi, but I think that the people who made this do. Yeah. Um, and it, 
Yeah, I, I think I kind of... I mean, the visual effects really hold up. They genuinely do. Like, there's a few that don't, like the little, you know, minor gobbling things and, mm. and the rock monster and stuff, but actually so many of them are really impressive. Yeah. I looked at the budget and it's about $45 million, so it was, it was a lot. That was the same, more or less the same amount that they originally spent on the first Star Trek film in 1978. Is that right? Yeah, that film cost about $45 million in the end. Really? Yeah, oh my it went God. wildly over budget. Yeah. Fucking hell, that's yeah. like Cleopatra numbers. That's amazing. It's a, yeah, I didn't it was know a that. huge amount they spent on it back then as well. Because that's, you know, yeah. by, with inflation now, that would have been easily over 100 million, yeah. Oh, several hundred, yeah. I would have thought. Well, that's, I don't that's think amazing. that. I think it probably would have been about, about 100 million, yeah. I'd say. I'd say or maybe in, maybe in, maybe in the inflation of so. maybe an inflation of film oh, budget terms as well. Yeah. In the same way that like a football player that cost 15 million 20 years ago is yeah. not to do with economic but anyway. Yeah, but that is that is but it holds up and it you know it did it did get about 90 million gross and probably has made many million since in con- in conventions and so on. Yeah. Um it's really good at establishing its characters very early on. Mm. I, I do really mm. like that they started with a clip of the show, but then had them backstage. You very immediately get that Alan Rickman's this, you know, frustrated thesp. Yeah. Um, like you said, that, that Sigourney Weaver's the sort of doesn't want to be known for her tits, basically, but she <laughs> she is. And you just get these, the sense of these people, and then fucking Buzz Lightyear comes in being all Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and just perfectly captures <laughs> that, you know. Yeah. I, I never do this, right? So if I've been recommended a film, I strictly just watch the film and then come to the episode okay. and don't look at the trivia and anything like that. But this film, I just wanted to know more, so I've actually yeah. watched the documentary um, about it. Really, I just never surrender. See, you've you've watched more about you know more about this than I do this week, <laughs> and I, need, I just need to know more. And yeah. it had some really interesting interviews with people with fans, including like Damien Lindelof and um, Will Wheaton, who was actually in Star Trek. And mm. Will Wheaton said, you know that. Um, that Tim Allen kind of combined the best of uh, Shatner, but also the best of Patrick Stewart as well. You know, kind of he's got the kind of like ego and and showmanship of Shatner, but also yes. I don't know. Quite, I've never really seen the, the Picard. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen the Picard uh, stuff. Yeah, but well, I, I mean, so I don't know quite what he meant. The character in this, the um, who's played by. Um, Daryl Mitchell, he's meant to be the Will Wheaton character, but grown up, because Will yes, Wheaton played right. the young, preppy sort of um, boy come, you know, star, Starfleet cadet sort of character in The Next Generation and was kind of, you know, universally kind of hated at times. And obviously they've taken <laughs> this and made him even younger in this show, which is kind of funny. <laughs> and... Um, you know, and that's one that's just a nice little like the, it's not like a let's all look at the camera and say how funny we are kind of joke. Yeah. That's just quite a funny. If you know, you know, shut you know. up, Will. <laughs> you know the famous line <laughs> that's uh, always said. But yeah, something else that I failed to mention before actually was that obviously this is like you know there is homage to Star Trek in this, and you can very much see that as well if you watch the Orville. If you've watched any of the Orville, I think you'd like that if you liked this because that's very much the same tone as this film, except they are actually. Right in like a, a Starfleet Star Trek scenario they're not actors well they are actors but they're not but they're not actors being actors <laughs> who are pretending to be astronauts yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah I don't, like I really like the um, SS or USS Callista episode of Black Mirror you know I've not seen that plays on these conventions that, that is really yet. good it's got Jesse Plemons of course yeah Fat so. Matt Damon yeah 
Fat Man Damon, and it is really good. Or you know, a young Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yes, and um, yeah. <laughs> and, it's really, and just like these are sort of more trivial rather than why thin, I liked it. But... Thin, thin, thin. Um, Philip Seymour Hoffman now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> when I um, to talk, <laughs> sorry, I keep, I keep talking over you. Go on, go on, go on, go on, go on. No, no, that's fine. So one of the things you, I, I haven't looked at the IMDb trivia, but I assume one of the big trivia points was the casting of Tim Allen. Um, kind of, yeah. I mean, they they had a couple of other people in mind, but um, I think Alec Baldwin. It's bigger than that. Harold Ramis was originally on to direct it and then walked out basically when they didn't get Kevin Kline. And they just sent it to everyone who basically said no, you know, Robin Williams and Bruce Willis and Steve Martin and all kinds that you can think of, good and bad. What they wanted was a real actor uh, who wasn't a comedian, who wasn't necessarily a comedian. Yeah. Um, because you go, oh, it's a comedian, so therefore it's a comedy film. Yeah. Alec Baldwin apparently really wanted it, and I think that would have been pretty good, but not as good as... I just I really think Alec Baldwin Allen would have had film, the ego though. for that part, wouldn't he? If that makes sense. Yeah, but he, I, w- I would have been... also, I would almost trusted him too much. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have doubted him as much I as think, I doubt Tim Allen. I think it's a good balance yeah. because they have a genuinely good comedic actor in Tim Allen who's been in some funny, you know, he's been in all the Toy Story films, which are very funny. His 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 film background in terms of them being funny, maybe not so much, but he, you know he's been in. You know, he's been in TV shows that are comedy. You know, he was in Home Improvement. You know, yeah, this is right off the back of, actor. you know, his work with Toy Story and Home Improvement, isn't mm-hmm. it? He's a, he was a, yeah. he was bankable, I would say. He maybe not have been, he might not have been the actor's actor, but then that's where you get Sigourney Weaver and Alan Rickman. And that's what makes it funny. You know what I mean? Because you've got, yeah. like, there's a, yeah. uh, there's a great little scene I like in this film where, um, Sigourney Weaver, I think they're about to go onto the they're about to go onto the the planet where they get the uh, beryllium sphere, and she's like doing her hair. <laughs> she's about to. Yeah. She's she's clearly you can tell she's been directed to like make sure she looks good. <laughs> like she's yeah. she's worried about her appearance for some reason. And what's interesting is as they become their characters more and more, her shirt gets more and more open. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's yeah, a very yeah. visual nod to that. She's basically bare chested by the end of it because she's practically. Just like, yeah. I now am this character. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, do, I think I think the casting was great you know Alan Rickman was a massive pull for this because because he he also is that character to some extent you know I think he is probably somebody who um you know were he to look back on the things he achieved he probably would have preferred to get some Olivier awards for being Shakespearean characters rather than well it's a great shame he never won like an Oscar or something isn't it you know yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. I don't know but what was, was the was first like comedy film he was like straight comedy because like you could say he was funny in things, but wasn't he wasn't a comedian in it? But in this, yeah, I mean, Love Actually is a bit, but it's not. But that, that's it's a rom com. Maybe well, like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, probably where he's kind of. The well, same no, these are all <laughs> after. These are all after. He's oh, done sorry, it, yeah. yeah, of course, before this. Yeah, no, I, I can't. Because I really think at more. this point he was still very much a serious actor, darling. And then he did oh, yes, this definitely. and Dogma. Really. He'd been in Sense and Sensibility, you know, and, yeah. and like you say, Dogma. Yeah, so he, I think, it was just wonderfully cast. Did he do, I think There's he did so this many... first and then he did Dogma. And he's wonderful in Dogma. That probably, I think that might just, yeah, he, is, he really is. And he, they need somebody with, with Gravitas for that. And yeah, I, and I think Gravitas. You know, the same way that, like, way in the same way that Ian McKellen would probably get a lot more acting, um, you know, cred for being in the stuff he was in in the 60s, 70s, and 80s and so on. But actually, 
when he dies his obituary will say Magneto and Gandalf has died you know yeah. it won't say it won't talk about the, the Shakespeare master, acting masterclass yeah we're not going to talk about probably his for we're not going to talk his sad. Alan Nunn run as he as Iago are we and no exactly yeah talk about and some people will decry that but actually that, there's no shame in being known for these great characters they just happen to be great characters that millions of people have seen rather than you know, a few posh people, really. Uh, so there's no, I don't think there's a problem with that. Some uh, some amazing characters, like I know you're not, a, you haven't seen the American Office, but Rain Wilson, who plays Dwight, is in this uh, as, a, yeah. as a cameo. He's one of the, you know, one of the alien people. Yeah. You have got Veronica Mars's dad, Enrico Colantoni. Yeah. Uh, he apparently in his in his um, audition came up with that way of talking. Yeah, I saw You know, that, the, yeah. the strange way that the Thermians, the Thermians talking. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like I say, Justin Long. Also, in one scene, two of the Thermians, you've got uh, Ted from Scrubs and the I'm a tool, I'm a tool, I'm a massive tool uh, guy from Scrubs is in there as well. In the first episode, JD's been shown around by this guy and he's a proper lapdog to Kelso. Oh, right. So he oh, plays one yeah. of the, he plays, he plays the Thermian that uh, he says, oh, sorry, we didn't have our identity manipulators on whether they're called modulators and then the big jellyfish thing <laughs> by the way I've just gone back he did Dogma first and then he did Gal- and then Galaxy Quest was apparently. that 97, 98 no they both came out in 99 but I think Dogma was released right. a bit earlier than this so yeah so I thought it was I just yeah well actually according to this they both they both basically came came out around the same time I think it was I think Galaxy Quest was released a bit later in the UK than it was right. in the US. It was also the timing of this film that encouraged Sam Rockwell to go for it because he didn't want it, mm. but he knew that Green Mile was coming out that same year and he didn't want everybody to see him as that. It's called Billy the Kid, I think, that character. He didn't want everybody to see him as that. Something like <laughs> so that, he's like, it, yeah. if that comes out that year, I don't want to just be that psychopathic, yeah. awful guy. Yeah, he really steals the show in this film, I think, a lot in a lot of ways. Some yeah, or at least a lot of the scenes he's in, he's yeah. you know he's a comedic relief. But I think you know I think my major criticism of of it is you know possibly to do as well with the fact that Harold Ramis wasn't Ramis wasn't behind it, which was the the direction from a comedic point of view. Wild Bill, sorry, lacks is the name of Wild Bill. That's no, what I'll build. Yeah. The, the the direction in this film kind of lacks dynamism or purpose. Some of the times, some of the times it's just. Well, that person's talking, so the camera should be on them. And then that person's talking, so the camera should be on them. Was the problem I, the, there was a lack of lens why... flares? No, no, no. <laughs> you know, because I think no, if this film was something... made now, they would have it looking a bit hokey. And then when they got on board the alien ship, it'd have lens flares, ahoy, you know? Mm. Which would be. So you know you're in the wrong ship. I don't mean, yeah. I don't mean, I don't mean cinematographically. Yeah. <laughs> I mean more just like. Maybe blocking or, or editing possibly is more more the thing. Yeah. For punch for punchlines to hit more. What I noticed when I watched it the second time today was that you it, watched it um, twice this week. Scenes, yeah, wow. yeah, I watched it yesterday. Did you watch um, it with your um, partner? No, I just uh, watched it again. Yeah. Uh, just before the before we started filming, really. Yeah. Before we started recording, but it's just occasionally the punchline is kind of lost by how long it takes to get to it from the previous. Uh, one and I don't know if this is just modern editing techniques that have made me, um, you know, impatient, or if it's just that. Like, so my major criticism with Spaceballs, from a comedic point of view, was it gave you too long between setup and punchline, so you could guess, definitely guess what the play on words was going to be. So it's like we're going to jam the radar. Oh right. It gives you a full like four seconds to figure out. Well, 
this is going to be a jump on, isn't it? And then it happens. I got this. I think I got the sense with this, and I, I just think with a more skilled director, they could have made more of the dramatic moments and the yeah. comedic piece as well. Yeah, um, I see, I, you're right. Yeah, I think obviously I don't know who the director is, and you know he's directed one more film than I'll ever make in Hollywood. But yeah, I, I, <laughs> I understand your point. Is that it didn't feel like the direction had any sort of flavour to it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, there's not, there's not an identity involved. It's just a a renter director. Yeah, yeah, almost like the producers were saying, right, film it here, shoot it there, and that was you know, like a TV yeah. sort of style direction. Definitely. And yeah, and then the you could say that TV. Would, perhaps maybe that's a, a choice in it, so of itself, you know. Um, yeah, it, yeah, but it, I, I think it is I just think yeah, it's it's very it's, static, it's isn't it? It's static, exactly. Yeah. In in a, in a lot of the way that a lot of uh, heavily improv films are kind of like that. Yeah. It is just, like I say, the camera's on that person because they're talking, the camera's on that person because they're talking. So this, the same director, he also directed Bill and Ted Face the Music, which which suffers the same problem, to be honest. Well, he's got I really done, love well, he's Bill done and the Ted. newest Bill and Ted, this guy. Yeah. Wow, yeah, what yeah. a gap between, like... That's like nearly 20-year <laughs> gap between... Like but he's done a lot of TV as well, like you say, Santa Clarita Diet and, and all kinds of things. Um, so, yeah, there is an element of... Well, we're just going to shoot it, and I think, in the same way that Captain Marvel suffered from this as well, the yeah. main candidate was in the fight scene where it's the "I'm just a girl." Yeah. If you had someone like Edgar Wright, you'd have the song going along with the the fight sequences. It was just a bit kind of meh in some of the you know, yeah, some of the, yeah. and so it just means that it just means that punchlines don't hit as much as the the lines warrant the the performances warrant. I don't think I laughed out loud once, but I appreciated a lot of the jokes. God, could you imagine if they could get Edgar Wright back to do a Marvel film? Just to get him to just to do one, yeah. just a full just Marvel seems like film I think he's from probably, beginning to end. Probably soured to it. I'd if love, they just went, like, yeah, I'd actually, we trust him on because he's a great director. I'd love him to take on something like Cap, you know, like Captain Marvel because it's a sort of a. It isn't like I think Ant Man is kind of in his wheelhouse where this would yeah. challenge him, like you said, and he could make something that would seem. Yeah, it was very much like. Like if yeah, like you said with Captain Marvel, it was kind of like oh well, this could have been directed by John Favreau, do you know, Iron Man one and two mm. sort of style. Do you know what I mean? It's not, yeah. you know, you don't like this. Yeah, I get that's that is that. Yeah, I can see that criticism that you're making. Um, yeah, it's a perfect. You want somebody who's got their just a, a take on it. You know, it's like in football, if there's like often a new manager, you're like, well, I don't really know who this what this manager is. I don't really have enough to years know what Solskjaer's football style is. Yeah. Whereas like the great managers tend to be like, oh, well, I can point to a side and watch them and go, well, that's obviously managed by Guardiola or something, you know. And I think the same with directors. And I don't... I don't they you're don't looking for their, like, signature, aren't you? Basically, that's... Yeah. Or, or at least just some flair, I think. Just some, yeah. some flair that's not just, well, this yeah. scene is happening. I, I mean, I, to them, yeah, so I, I'm not sure how a, a director does that to be brutally honest, you know, like no idea. In terms no of idea. its, you know, how do you add in its sort of, you know, like if you think of great directors, like I don't, th- I, I'm trying to think. Could you watch a, could you watch like three or four Steven Spielberg films that are in different genres? Because Spielberg hops between genres, and say that they're Spielberg films. Like say if you watch Jaws, um, Saving Private Ryan, and I don't know, like. Bridge of Spies, would you know that they were all by mm. the same director? Other than the fact that two of them have got Tom Hanks in. 
No, that's that's a good point. That is a good point. Maybe, and I think, I think probably, I, think probably I mean, Spielberg's Spielberg's obviously a great director who's made great films yeah. in different genres. But that's maybe to his credit because he doesn't. I think. I mean, well, he does have some signifying. Or, he know, does. Features, he, but he does. it tends to be the nature of the film or the the, the theme of the film it, rather than yeah, the it tends style. Yeah, it tends to be the size and the the visual yeah. of the film nine times. At out least to an untrained eye like mine, maybe somebody could tell me. Yeah, maybe he uses just directionally wise. Or he always uses specific uh, camera shots or something. That's yeah, yeah. yeah. Or like uses. a Rob Reiner, you know, someone who's directed Princess Bride and Stand by Me and Misery, and you know, like uh, yeah. and and. I suppose uh, these. This, yeah. I suppose in this situation, what you could say, to, if you're being kind to the director, is he can go in and do a job, and he can adapt yeah. to different styles. Because maybe he wanted to make this look like a, you know, wanted to make it look like a Star Trek film. You know, that's yeah, yeah. That's, and and I think as soon as you commit to a style, you actually that's a that's a sacrifice because you're going to give up on things that yeah. You know, you choose you're choosing a path, so you're giving up on the rest. And I just think it was a bit kind of. I think something. Yeah, a bit, just a bit mediocre. I mean, when you look sense. at, like, say, the J.J. Abraham Star Trek films, the two films he did, he made a conscious effort to not have it being as static as, say, you know, you've got the camera facing the bridge crew all the yeah, time, true. where it'd be a funny angle here or a Dutch angle there, or there'd be a lens flare here and there, and you know, there was <laughs> trying... there and here and there and there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, they were trying to do different. He was trying to do something different with the camera. To to make it feel new and not tread, you know, worn out or treaded, you know, mm. where somebody had gone before, so to speak. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yes, no, but that's you know, that is a very valid criticism of it. Yeah, if I mean, if that's your biggest criticism, yeah. it shows that you really did enjoy this film, quite frankly. Because I did, and and like I say, I I liked it while I was watching it, but loved it in in retrospect. You know, mm. to use that old um, system that you mentioned before. Yeah, my anticipation was very low. My enjoyment was pretty good, and my since has 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 improved and increased, yeah. and so in watching the documentary, I got to see actually, yeah, people do wear these costumes to conventions, and there's a whole world of Galaxy Quest heads out there in the same way that there's Trekkies out there. Yeah, and I can I can sort of I can get it, you know, because the best compliment I can give to this film is that I watched it again today, and I want to watch it again next week. Yeah, you know, I I just enjoyed spending time in its company, and a lot of films you just kind of like. You enjoy them and then you're done with them. But this one, yeah, I, I'd watch yeah. ten sequels of this film. It's got that repeatability, is, hasn't it? That you uh, can just, just, just throw it on yeah, likable characters and and fun, fun backdrops and yeah, like say I love Red Dwarf for that reason. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. I haven't. There's not been that many things that they've done in the last twenty years that I've thoroughly enjoyed as much as the hmm. 10, 15 years before that, but. I do, I do like that universe. I've read four or five novels in that universe, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm all for it. Yeah. No, that's cool. That's uh, what I like to hear. Um, shall we move on then to favorite scenes? Sam, what was Let's your favorite scene? You know, I've, I have come up with op- other options, but my favourite scene and line and shot are the same. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I don't know if you want to start with your favorite scene or if you want to just hear that. <laughs> No, go on, you do it. You're the recommended did, 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 did. <laughs> this week. Recommended. Yeah, recommended. So, the, the, the re- and I don't want to keep comparing it to Spaceballs, so I'll compare it to just basically any other film comedy. Most comedies can't make you have an emotional response 
bonds if they're knockabout comedies. And it's why, for me, The Simpsons is better than Family Guy, because I could never imagine myself being emotional at Family Guy, regardless of who dies in it. Whereas in The Simpsons, when Homer goes out to the desert to drive his mum out and she goes and gets in that like VW camper and they go and he sits there against the night uh, against the desert backdrop and it turns mm. into night that I feel an emotional response to it that I feel at The Simpsons but I can't feel at Family Guy and so with this film the emotional core of this film is not with the lead but with uh, with Kane you know with um, Alan Rickman's character and of course they've set up his character so well and then Grelick, who's dying yeah. you know, it's such an honour and he and he says the line that he says he'd never say again you know yeah. by Grabthar's hammer by the sons of Warven he shall be avenged and, and I he means it doesn't he in that, in that... and he means it yeah. and I genuinely shed a tear oh. and I totally didn't expect that at, at all did not expect to, to cry at this film yeah. but I genuinely did so my favourite scene is that my favourite line is, is him saying you shall be avenged and my yeah. favourite shot is on his face because it's it's that great stillness that a lot of great actors have he's barely moving his mouth to get out those words and it is a beautiful shot because he's got the others behind him the other Thermians behind him and they're kind of part of this great moment and it is the reason why this is so much better than a spoof film yeah. for me Fair enough. That's yeah. It is a it is a emotionally impactful moment. I did. I did. On watching it again, I did roll my eyes a little bit. Where he was like, he was like, "Oh, um, I've based my life around you know your culture and all that stuff." <laughs> like, but there is a great bit, isn't there, when they're in the um, the canteen eating the food, and he's got been given bugs. <laughs> he's, he's like, and "How are you, so and so?" But Beatles or whatever and he's like just like my grandmother used to make <laughs> which is really funny wonderful drawl and yeah and he's drawl. like it jumps out of his it jumps out of the cup and then back in plops back in yeah he's looking over the Iowa fed yeah um, you know, corn fed Iowa beef for me my favourite scene was the the rock monster fight to be honest oh, yeah, with you that's good I just yeah I love I love all that sort of the kind of just some of the interplay there where it's like <laughs> Very they're like we can transport you and he's like what you want to you know scramble all my molecules and you know bit by bit uh, no, did be I hear way. that he's inside out <laughs> yeah, yeah. has uh, he inside out and exploded <laughs> yeah and there's a the great exchange he's like can you can you can you fashion a lathe because <laughs> it sounds like he's going to be really good like oh, you, what you need to do is create a weapon yeah. okay. can you <laughs> fashion a lathe yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's like get off the line put somebody else on yeah um, and there's the great it also led to an interesting thing so sorry to interrupt yeah, but Tim no Allen said that in the script he never got his shirt back and he said look I'm happy to do a shirtless scene but I don't want to do this the rest of this film shirtless yeah because he's in good shape isn't he for what must be a 40 something year old oh yeah 40, 44 or something and, yeah, um, like and so the shirt basically just kind of reappears and they explain it as well you know it, they they transport on that as well <laughs> so he just picks up another shirt on it goes uh, to solve that conundrum yeah yeah it is um, yeah it is interesting I, I don't blame him because he'd be cold <laughs> don't want to be cold absolutely um, but yeah that's that's my favourite scene because it's it kind of you know it kind of plays it plays all the best elements of the film it's got the it's got the real tension of like a life and death situation it's got the comedy it's got the good exchange between you know Alan Rickman uh, and Tim Allen and uh, Sam Rockwell. It's got um, 
you know, probably Tony Shalhoub's best, is that how you pronounce that guy's name? I can, I'm never I sure. So. You know, it's got his best scene because he's like, he's like, I can do it because the pretty girl walks in and, <laughs> you know, it's got, so it's got all those kind of interesting elements to it and, you know, and he gets, and he gets saved in the end and it's all, and yeah, it's got my, and yeah, so that again, it moves me on to my favourite line and it does have my favourite line in the film actually, which is... I'll, I'll go first for this one because you've already kind of yeah. said yours. Um, is where he's going. <laughs> where um, Alexander Dane says to him, you're just going to have to figure out what it wants. What is its motivation? It's a rock monster. <laughs> it doesn't have motivation. See, that's your problem, Jason. You're never serious about the craft. <laughs> and he's still talking about the acting when he's trying to yeah. survive not being crushed to death by a giant rock and it's, monster. And it's a line in character. It's a really, really good line. And he also gets another good line in a, in a sort of related scene where it says, you know, could they be the miners? Yeah. And Fred Quan says, sure, they're like three years old. <laughs> miners, not miners. <laughs> yeah. You lost me. Or <laughs> where he's holding the, um, the navigation um, device the wrong way around. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I, you played a, I thought you were smart because you played a doctor on the TV show, but you don't know anything. <laughs> yeah, that's a good line You don't know more well. than this fellow. Yeah, no, that's great. And I think um, for me, my favourite comedic line yeah. was... What a really good classic jump cut. You know, we love jump cuts. It's this, you know, Father Ted. Yeah. <laughs> when uh, the guy who's been in the Alcoholics Anonymous meeting with um, Father Jack, and he sees him in the pub getting a pint. He says, <laughs> believe me, you know, it knocks his pint over. Okay, sorry about that, Father, but you believe me, in the future you'll come to thank, and then it cuts to, it is in an ambulance. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I like those. So it's where they're in the, they're pressing the button to sort of destroy the thing that's going to explode everything, <laughs> and it's not working. And then it, it's like, God, where are you? I've forgotten Jason Long's character's name. Yeah. Justin Long's character's name. Where are you? And it Brandon. comes to him taking out the rubbish. Mother, I cannot express enough to the severity of Commander's <laughs> <Yeah>. situation. <laughs> and she's like, that one goes in the recycling. Don't forget <laughs> the recycling. There's a really good jump. His jump mum does have the best line in that way. She's like, well, at, le- at least he's out. <laughs> at least he's out, yeah. <laughs> after she explains what's happened, after he explains why he's got loads of fireworks. <laughs> um, so, yeah, another question is, so how many people died in the crash at the end of that film? Oh, they- honestly, I wish they didn't do that. Yeah. Like, yeah, since, since superhero films recently have had to deal with collateral damage... Don't throw the don't show the cars being thrown in the air because one of them could have a child and a baby seat and a, and a family in it just parking yeah. over. I really wish they had done that. I really wish it had been like a field behind the stadium or something yeah, because yeah. you cannot hit into the hit into the side of a conference center and not kill five people. No matter yeah. what side you're hitting, there's this, going to be a refreshment stand there, yeah. toilets there. They clearly yeah, hit into no, a concession that, stand, don't they? Selling merch. It, it, yeah, that, it did tip me out because films yeah. used to do that and not have to address it. Yeah. So I wish they didn't do that. I wish it was something like that, but not that. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, so a dozen. I'd say about a couple dozen they killed. Um, and yeah, finally, my favourite shot of the film is actually a really like strange one. It's when the rock monster punches them all out into space and then oh, the yeah, camera just nice. kind of the rock monster just floats and turns around and you see the it's rocky yeah, face the camera f- sort of cranes around yeah, them, isn't it? yeah. It's, uh, and it's just floating I did, I did consider that as a favourite shot that's beautiful so. yeah it's just a it's a cool little shot right well that's yeah, I'm pleased with your response to a lot of that. Like, Positive. Yeah, I must admit, I kind of, I was a little worried at times last night when I, uh, 
not last night, this today when I was watching the film, I was like, oh, what if he doesn't find this funny? But um, yeah, so that's good. What we're going to do, Sam, as always, we're going to have another break. And then when we come back, we're going to get the critics' response. We're going to get your uh, rating and recommendation. And we're also going to do a quiz and find out what we're doing next week. So yeah, join us after the break. Superb. Look forward to that. Exciting. Right, so we're going to do the critics now, Sam. We're going to see what people thought about this film at the time it was made. Um, and who are we going to go to first? Roger Ebert. Roger Ebert. Yep, so... This is what Big Roger Rog, Snoop Roger Rog, as I like to call him, thought of um, of Galaxy Quest. He says, The movie's humour works best when the logic of the TV show gets in the way. There is an on, there is on board, for example, a passageway blocked by alternating vertical and horizontal clappers that smash back and forth across the passageway. Negotiating it could be fatal. Why are they there? No reason. Just because they look good on TV. And that's, yeah. What sort of rating do you think Rog gave this? I think he would like this sort of yeah. film a lot. Yeah. I'd be surprised if it's less than 3.5. It's less than 3.5, but it's not... Ooh, is it 3? Yeah, it's 3. So it's a solid... It's a solid Rog likes this, but, you know, maybe it's not like... He doesn't... Maybe he doesn't see it as a classic. Which is, which no, is fair, fair enough. enough. Fair yeah. enough, because it's not made to be in many ways. Yeah, he's, um, but yeah, he, he's exactly the sort of critic who would appreciate it. Yeah, the article here wasn't it wasn't the longest like review that Roger Ebert's ever done, so there wasn't too much <laughs> actual criticism in the review itself. He just kind of said what it was. But somebody who did give it a bit of criticism was uh, Andrew Pulver in the Guardian, um, and he's a bit more. 50-50. What, snooty pulver? Yeah. Pul- pervert pulver? Ugh. I mean, for legal reasons, we have to say that he's not a pervert. <laughs> Do we? It's podcast. Uh, yes. <laughs> There's no regulators. There's no regulators, yes. But we could still <laughs> potentially be sued. So let's not, let's not uh, slander somebody that we don't know. <laughs> By calling him a pervert. Um, but his, I suppose, in this case, his criticism is more at the Hollywood system than the actual film. But I'll give you his uh, his review. He says, It will still take Hollywood a long time to get over itself, as the entertainment industry's second act of self-adoration obs- obs- of the week demonstrates. <laughs> Did you just give up on the word absorption? No, it was adoration, <laughs> and I thought it was absorption. Shall, shall I start this again? No, that's funny. That was funny. Keep it in. <laughs> Keep thanks, going. Thanks, thanks for that. <laughs> it just sounded like you were trying no, to... I, I, abs- I misread it. I thought adoration. It, I thought it said absorption. Self-flagellation. Uh, self-adoration. <laughs> it's adoration. Yeah. Fair. Yeah, so it's... Uh, I'm going to start that again. <laughs> it will take Hollywood a I long time to get over itself was like as the entertainment industry's second act of self-adoration of the week demonstrates. Galaxy Quest is sci-fi's answer to the Scream trilogy and it is at least in equal in uh, writing laughs from knowing dialogue and genre fanatic storylines. So he kind of accepts that it's a good film. as It's as good as Scream, so to speak. 
which you know screams a classic these days um i mean yeah that's not an insult yeah i think he's more annoyed that hollywood keeps being like you know self-referential and meta and all this sort of thing i don't think he's too happy about that aspect of it you know it's that's interesting that because i don't see this as hollywood being meta just a bunch of filmmakers being meta about yeah or been been parodying about a genre. Yeah, you know, this is just this is what happens with genres. That's famously it? more Sl- slashers and sci-fi are in a sort of same sort of time era, really, aren't they? But it's famously these films were more TV show sort of parodies. Mm. Like, like the thing with Star Trek is the TV show itself, the original show, was a bit ropey. <laughs> they they put the money in yeah. the films in the the late seventies and eighties where they looked a bit more believable, but in some scenes <laughs> um, but yeah it was kind of interesting he says he goes on to continue to say uh, writing team David Howard and Robert Gordon have conjured up a lovingly knowing tribute to the hokey but uh, uh, but devotion inspiring end of the sci-fi and director uh, Dean Pariseau has created a movie that's considerably flashier than its inspiration uh, crucially, it's very funny too. Something uh, breakthrough for Alan, uh, whose previous non-animated m- movie manifestations have never aroused much more than gloom. <laughs> so he's not a fan of Tim Allen. Uh, <laughs> comedy output in, in films, uh, basically, uh, other than say with Toy Story. So yeah, he um, he liked the film. He compared it to Scream, and it's sort of you know it's meta analysis and you know. I wouldn't call... You know, it's not a spoof, it's a homage, isn't it, to Star Trek, quite frankly. Yeah, like I said, if it was a spoof, it would be actually an episode of Galaxy Quest. Yeah. The the actual story is a really great high concept, I think, for this. It's it not, is, yeah. Yeah, it's it's not Spaceballs. It's... it's no, it is kind of... It's it more is a, yeah, it is quite high concept, isn't it? Because it's it it's predicated on a, a mistake, essentially. That's... Yeah. What if a, what if a sci-fi TV show... Um, fleet had to act that out in real life yeah. to act it to aliens. You know, it's it's a really great concept, and I think they, they deliver it. Perfectly. Yeah, I'm sure. Cap- you know, Patrick Stewart's a lovely man, but I wouldn't put him in charge of a starship. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, I don't think he would. I don't think he'd rise to the occasion, unfortunately. Nor do I think Keanu Reeves is the one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe he is. Maybe he's the one. <laughs> Jet Li might be. <laughs> um, so yeah. So Sam, my question for you is: How many Wonder Bras out of ten would you give? Galaxy <laughs> I do have to say that was one of the major attractions that I didn't want to write. Down. Yeah, I put it as, um, when I put what I liked about this film, I did put Sigourney Weaver's. There's boobs. two things. <laughs> as, as yeah, there's two points. two main things. Yeah. Um, so yeah, out of ten, I had a really time. I had a really hard time rating this because. Say a film like last week, Never Let Me Go, I gave an 8 out of 10. And I agree that it's an 8 out of 10 film. But I probably won't ever watch it again. Probably not. In any time soon. I haven't really given it much thought since. This film, I couldn't... So, I couldn't give this film a 10 out of 10. I couldn't give it a 9 out of 10. Because I didn't really laugh. 8 out of 10 is probably the score I'll give it, but it does show up how silly giving a score is, basically, because I was I rewatched Mrs. Doubtfire the other day and I thought, this is a 10 out of 10 because I wouldn't change anything about it, but it feels weird to say Mrs. Doubtfire is a 10 out of 10. Yeah. So I will say this film is an 8 out of 10. Yeah, I can go with if that. If it had slightly more directorial flair, delivered its punchlines snappier, 
this could be easily a nine at least. Yeah. So I'll give it a solid eight out of ten. Yeah, I think this film's dramatic beats definitely work for it. And I think... And Saris is a wonderfully arch yeah. villain. Yeah. The, the, is that all physical makeup and stuff? It's it just a really well done effect because it's it, it, it moves and, it, and it, uh, it's so good but it looks fake. I'm sorry, it doesn't look fake. It looks really real, but it looks like it can't just be physical. In the same way that the the phone in uh, or the phone in um, Pan's Labyrinth, yeah. When you find out that that's mostly physical, yeah, makeup and costume. They just had to green screen out his knees. <laughs> yeah, it they might, must have done something similar to this. There. You know, I'm not sure. I didn't see anything in the trivia when I was reading it. But uh, yeah. yeah, okay, Sam. It looks amazing. Would you recommend this film to other people? Hmm. I'd recommend this to. Most people, yeah. I think. I think I'll try and watch it with my daughter. Yeah, pretty soon. I tried to watch it with her today actually because I was like, space. The final frontier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. What sort of rating would you give it, Hugh? Well, I, I said it, I it said feels like it's you, not it's, something you would love, it's love, probably, love. It's probably an eight because it's yeah, yeah. You said the direction. Like I couldn't find anything particular wrong with it. It's just. It's very much of its time. Do you know what I mean? It's it has a source yeah. material that it's drawing from. It's it's a homage, but it's also a you know it's also a satire. Um, yeah, it's. It, I think to untrained people like us who are not filmmakers, yeah. it's not it's not that it's got something wrong. It's more that it's missing the extra. Yeah, yeah. But obviously, I'm more of a you know I'm a quite a big Star Trek fan. And obviously when this came out, this was more of the, you know, in 99, you've got to think at this time, I think the next generation had maybe been finished for maybe five or six years. Um, wow, really? Yeah. So they're already finished by this yeah, point? Yeah, they finished in by 93, that wow. team. But they'd made a couple of films already by this point. I think they made three films. Like a film came out, a next generation film had come out the year before this and hadn't done particularly wow. well because it wasn't, it's not a good film, quite frankly. See, I don't think I've seen a minute of the of the Patrick Stewart you know, genre. I've read a bit of one of the novelizations, but I just <laughs> haven't strange. seen a bit of it. it. it I watched. <laughs> yeah. I watched not last year. I watched basically from series two to seven of Star Trek: The Next Generation again to see how well it held up and see how much I still enjoyed it. And whilst I did still enjoy it, there was definitely you know TV has moved on in the thirty years since this was made. Effectively, God, oh, yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, it it, it it was very much episodic and no nobody really grew or changed. Everything kind of just right. continued. There was a, the characters were very they're very noble people. <laughs> they don't so their characters don't need to get any they nobler. Start good. Yeah. <laughs> no hugging, no learning. Yeah, either. yeah, but like like yeah, it's like the reverse of Seinfeld, but they're already like perfect, <laughs> you know. <And laughs> they've done all their hugging and learning prior to filming. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, it kind of um, and it's sort of like the whole, you know, the Gene Roddenberry, you know, like a positive, hopeful view of the future, you know, which is something I still kind of get on board with. But yeah, when this film was made in 99, you know, I think, but you still had Star Trek Deep Space Nine, Star Trek Voyager was on. As I said, like three movies had come out in the last, you know, like five years before this film was made. So there was definitely a, an audience there to watch a film like this and to appreciate it for what it was and things like that. So... Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, so Sam, we are now... Actually, before we move on, would you... Oh yeah, you've already said you would recommend this film. So yeah, now we're going to move on. <laughs> Sorry. Let's move on. Yeah, we're going to move on swiftly, but firmly. 
to um, I don't know why firmly no going back no surrender <laughs> I don't think that's a line but never mind uh, we're going to do a quiz five questions let's see how well you all remembered Galaxy Quest I'm hoping for good things here because these questions are quite easy <laughs> question one what is the name of the ship um, oh um, NES uh, uh, God this is so basic I've remembered so many facts yeah it's the NES yeah, uh, it thing, isn't it? The, the NES the, thing. Yes, the, the thing. It's, it's, because it was, it was, it was not. They wanted legally for it to be the NES because it's not the Enterprise. Yes, but that's NES three thirty one. What's the name it's of the N- ship? NSEA. <laughs> NSEA. That's the, no, that's the name of the the organization that it that produces it. The protector. That's right. Yeah, the, but not the enterprise. Okay. <laughs> was the is the serial number of it. So like the enterprise right. is seventeen oh one, and this one was NTE thirty one twenty, and the NTE stands <laughs> for the enterprise. So you got there. Not the I gave you far too much leeway there. I feel. <laughs> I got the words. I got all the words. All the words, not necessarily in the right order. <laughs> uh, what year did the show last air? 1982. Correct. Well done. Uh, what material is the propulsion made of for the ship? Beryllium. It is. And what? How? What? How? Why do they need to get more of it, Sam? What happens to that beryllium? It uh, becomes apart. Yeah. Is there a is there a technical term nope. I'm looking for here, or no, is it not a technical term? Just falls apart. Just cracks. I just mean, cracks. Not a question. It cracks. Just, cracks. Just asking if you could remember. That's fine. <laughs> uh, question four. So you're doing well so far. You're doing well. Which episode uh, did Guy die in? His character. I knew this was going to come yeah. up, so I prepared. Well, Eighty notes. Episode eighty-one. What is what? I mean, well done, well done. Yep, episode 81, because he shouts, that's the episode I die! Because <laughs> he knows that plot so well. And then finally, number five, what is the name of the species that actually builds the real protector, what they're called? They're Thermians they are thermia. from planet Thermia. They are indeed. Mm. So, well done. Um, cue annoying, ew, 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 like... That, I don't know what, I'm going to have to find the, the, uh, the sound, <laughs> yeah, yeah. the trumpets and horns and things like that. Uh, I'll have to have a look for them now on YouTube um, and I'm download happy with it. That because I did, I did think about all the things that were probably going to be asked. Here's one quiz question for you because this is something I stored in my memory okay. in preparation. Obviously, I can't, can't quite pronounce it, Laria, Larilia, Missy um, yeah. Pyle's yeah. character, you know, the, the one who gets off with the engineer. What what is the name she's credited with? Oh, yes. I was going to ask you that as a question as well. Yeah, it's Jane Doe. Why would the, why is she like a woman who doesn't understand the concept of lying? Why how she would become an actress is incredible. <laughs> 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 but yeah, just go with it. She's good looking. Yeah, that's the thing thing about Missy Pyle. She she does play up to that her physical type because she's good looking but intensely weird looking. <laughs> yes, and creepy. Yes. You know, I think she's, she's got very the Charlie Chocolate, uh, Charlie Chocolate, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. She's got a very you know, intense like stare, hasn't she? Yeah, she's the like sports mum. You know, she's yeah, the, pushy, uh, yeah, the hyper competitive helicopter mum they call them. Yeah. yeah, but like, but beautiful, but uh, 
makes you feel weird. <laughs> <laughs> Awkward boner. <laughs> yeah. So well done, Sam. You got five out of five, and I got one out of one. So Fantastic. the world is fine. The world is good. All in all, we are. Uh, so people. yes, that was Galaxy Quest. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I thought you might secretly. I am so honestly, I'm so happy that I've been introduced to this film because I will rewatch this yeah. regularly, and I'll be petitioning for the. For the new series. Do you know what I think is interesting about this film is that what was the like? There's not Hollywood doesn't seem to make comedy films really anymore, does it? And especially ones with a quite high budget. Like, what was the last Hollywood comedy film you watched? Yeah, I I don't really go for them. I don't think. Um, I, think I did. I watched a few films this year, and I suppose there's comedic elements. But to they're not. Like but Birds they're not comedy Free. films, are they? Like Galaxy Quest sets out to no. be a comedy film that happens to be set in the sci-fi genre. If that makes sense. That's right. I mean, really. I think one you mentioned to me was the Big the Sick. That's like a straight comedy, isn't it? Oh, that's like five years ago. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's what I mean. That's like the last real like comedy film I can think of off the top of my head that had like a, a big impact, you know, outside of its... I know what you mean. The, yeah, the, it's, it's, not a, it's not the draw that it was, is it, yeah. at all? So I suppose, so from the films I watched last year in the cinema, because obviously it's been a weird year. Yeah. I mean, Borat... Yeah. Uh, which is not very Hollywood, to be no, fair. No, it's not. Um, but... Jojo Rabbit, which is a technically a comedy, really, yeah. but it's, it's sort of more than that. Every, everything's got to be kind of like a f- comedy, but more than that, Yeah, I suppose it has, hasn't it? Nothing can... I, th- I think the problem is, is that there's been some terrible comedy films been made. I think Tim Allen's been in a few of them, to be frank. You know, stuff like Wild <laughs> And also, Hogs. you know, it's, it's, people, people... I mean, it's a, weird, it's a weird thing, you know, but people don't want to sink... Studios obviously don't want to sink 20, 30 million into a comedy film because they just don't make that back yeah although you're more likely to get both genre, uh, both genres you know you're more likely to get men and women going seeing that sort of film together rather than it being yeah, a man yeah I think it was Michael Moore who said that you know, see, you know the Star Wars film or whatever <laughs> I, I think Michael Moore said about films you know what you've got to realise as a filmmaker is most people who watch your film want to have sex afterwards so it's like dates, date nights, like sitting at home, yeah. like lots of reasons why. And so that I never that thought that be, after Fahrenheit uh, 911 or Bowling for Columbine. <laughs> I mean, I know, he's, never really, he's never really put that into his, his own. Film, no, he hasn't. He? No, yeah. no. Um, but yeah, okay then. So Sam, what film are we going to watch next week? Mm, a big one. We've been waiting. Uh, how many years? Seventy-five years uh, to watch it. It's brief encounter. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't realise we were that old. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. What do you know about brief encounter? Very, very little actually. I know it's meant to be. Is it about? Are they two people who are both married, or is she married, and they they have this brief encounter and fall in love during the world second during the world war during World War Two during, uh, the, during wars. the war during the war. <laughs> well, you've been you've been in the wars, yeah. Um, and I'm guessing they split up. I think like Julianne Moore and Ralph Fiennes or Ray Fiennes, as you insist I call him, were in. <laughs> A version that like they kind of did another version of this film, but it wasn't called Brief Encounter. It had a different name, but it was meant to be very similar or similar tone. Um, oh, I don't want to watch that. Yeah, I'm not, I could be completely wrong. I, I, I mean, look, I don't know. <laughs> I know nothing. It's black and white. That's about it. So, yeah, I I loved this film um, when I watched it 
18 years ago. I watched it on the same day that Man United beat Real Madrid 4-3 in the Champions League when Ronaldo, the phenomenon, scored that hat-trick yeah. and Beckham scored a free kick and all that. So it's been about a lifetime, if you're 18 years old, uh, since I saw it. But I loved it. I watched it with my grandma right. and I must have been 15, 14, 15 yeah. uh, and still loved it. She got it free with a newspaper, you know, one of those little CD cases and stuff. So, but I have just been really looking forward to rewatching it. So I'm going to be watching it almost as though it's the first time I'm seeing it, just that I have this residual love of the film. We have only seen, I think, two or maybe three black and white films for this podcast, so I just thought it's a perfect time. There's nothing in the calendar that means we have to watch a certain film. No, no. I know I know only a little bit more than you do. David Lean directed it, of course, who did Lawrence of Arabia. Uh, um, <laughs> uh, so it's going to be our, our second David Lean film. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what, in fact, one thing I didn't tell you is we've got some social media interactions here. Oh, social media interaction. I feel very... So I asked people for their 99. thoughts on Galaxy Quest. And we had 37 Facebook reactions to them, all of which were positive, 17 of which were the care emoji, lots of love hearts and all this. I asked a secondary question, which is better, this or Spaceballs? And to be honest, more people said Spaceballs was better than this was better. Um, I think you know, very, Warren Lester said... I think Spaceballs, I think it's a misnomer to compare the two films, even though they're both sci-fi. It is. They're both very different genres, because Spaceballs is a spoof. You, I would compare Spaceballs to other Mel Brooks Austin films. Powers. Yeah, Austin Powers, uh, Airplane. Airplane. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Lethal Weapon. Not Lethal... Yeah, Lethal Weapon. No. Lethal Gun? The, I can't remember. <laughs> the Leslie Nielsen thing. Naked Gun. Naked Gun. Thank you. Yeah. God, no, was, I know what you mean. Painful, wasn't it's it? really only because we we'd covered Spaceballs on the podcast before. Our good friend Harper said Spaceballs is more worth it for the radar jamming scene. I still think that that had too much jam set up, so everyone <laughs> knew it was going to be about jam. Uh, yeah, and, and and you know a lot of people did say that Spaceballs better. Um, let's have a quick look. So, you know, Shay or Shay Savage said Galaxy Quest is funnier in my opinion maybe in an unpopular opinion but I think Spaceballs is one of Brooks's weaker works Jerry Mantecchia said that both are amazing but Spaceballs is literally everything Star Wars wanted to be thoughts here um, but Star Wars isn't a comedy I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't get that yeah Spaceballs is a spoof of, of Star Wars and sci-fi and I kind of tend to agree with you about I don't think Mel Brooks really loves the sci-fi genre. I think he loves the spoof genre. And so he yeah. can turn his hand to spoofing this kind of material. But I, I like Spaceballs for a number of reasons that I've already stated. You can go back and In, in defence like. of, of Spaceballs, uh, Will Mockridge, who I think I mentioned a couple of episodes ago, um, says that uh, this is so good it almost redeems Tim Allen but it's still not as good as Spaceballs because Spaceballs is one of those best of genre films that just nails spoofing so well it's hard to top it benefits too from Star Wars never really waning in popularity if it had Spaceballs wouldn't have aged as well but it didn't so you can show it to a 10 year old and they'll still be like Lamau Pizza the Hut and most of the jokes are just timeless and of a format that's not really done in live action comedy anymore combing the desert he really loves that so there there was a lot of love for Spaceballs also a lot of love for Galaxy Quest Devin King said it's easily one of my favourite films of all time I've rewatched this at least once every year since it came oh, out sweet, it? and I do feel that I agree with that I do think I will be rewatching this film yeah. quite there a lot there was meant to be and final there was meant one, to be a sequel um, planned but that got stopped 
after uh, Alan Rickman died, sadly. Yeah, they'd actually like done some scenes and stuff for a TV show yeah. and uh, everything, and that would that would be glorious. Um, just to see these characters. One final age social media. Well, oh, massively! Yeah, like I said, I want to live in that world. But I wish it was a TV show with hours and hours to go out rather than one hour forty two. Um, I, I doubt this is the person's real name, but you know, maybe uh, Cal L. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, apologies, Cal L. If that is your real name, but do, it's do you go on his profile and it says uh, hometown <laughs> Krypton? <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely not an alien. Uh, he, uh, they say I think Galaxy Quest is still taught to this day in screen play courses at uni and I could see why I don't know if that's true I haven't corroborated that but in terms of establishing characters establishing want and need yeah. establishing a universe and rules and all that I could see why this I think one th- lots of, thing uh, that's good about this is Tim lots. Allen's quite an active character in this isn't he he wants to help that's another thing he wants to he's a, do things. he's an action hero yeah. isn't he and it, that's right so his character in the show is <laughs> an action hero he, <laughs> yeah I love that but he is an action hero as well yeah, his character and his character's character. Yeah, character, so he's, he's playing himself. His character's playing himself essentially, isn't he? I think that's one yeah. way of looking at. And you know the exposition. I mean, actually, they do they do start kind of say it out loud, but the exposition of having his character be uh, this sort of sad guy, rich guy living in the hills, but in a kind of like sad house getting drunk and you know mouthing his own words on the TV when he's watching himself yeah. anyway we talked about Galaxy yeah, Quest today, so yeah. I'll move on from this next week is going to be Brief Encounter Hugh if they want to tell us about their thoughts on Galaxy Quest Spaceballs Brief Encounter your socks how could they my do it my socks um, it's a good option so they'd have to come to my house to look at my socks <laughs> or meet me in the street and ask me to show them this, my socks um, you're always grabbing the socks you're always you're constantly grabbing them yeah, um, adding them to the gram. Yeah, maybe in your eye line whilst we're doing, whilst we're recording this on Zoom or Skype or whatever. But um, no, they can get in touch with us. Um, I've done the joke this week, so yeah, please watch this. Dot pod at gmail dot com. That's that's how you do it. Fucking hell. Yeah, low effort. That's somebody who's got his eye on the time. No, 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 no. But you asked me about my socks. I made a joke about socks. I'm not going to make another joke about aliens, <laughs> spacecraft, and all this. We can't have compound jokes. Well. Furthermore, if you want to get in touch with us on social media, you can. I'm not going to add any sort of anything other than the names at which you can find us. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at PleaseWatchPod. Uh, do get in touch. Tell us what you think about Brief Encounter and we'll include you next week. Uh, it's as simple as that. Hugh, I've really enjoyed watching Galaxy Quest. Thank you for introducing me to an important part of culture. I look forward to talking to you next week. Listener, I love you so much. Hugh is... Uh, Warming bit, still. I've been through this. I don't okay. know them. Okay, so I don't see them. I know two of the people, three, two or three of the people who listen. Although I have to do a shout out because this week it was my sister's birthday and also my cousin in Ireland, Aaron's birthday. <laughs> and apparently Aaron listens to the podcast. So hello, happy birthday, Aaron or Arnie, as he's known. Um, oh well, well done. Yeah. Happy birthday, Arnie. Yeah, my sister was twenty, and I think Aaron was twenty-four. Your sister is not 26. Yeah, yeah, she's she's (laughs) tiny. (laughs) Yeah. Well, happy birthday to every member of your family. Uh, Yeah, listen, as I said, I love you. We'll talk at you next week. Take care. See you next week. Bye. Bye.